I have good news for you. But it's not that I'm dismissing you yet. <laughs> you got away with that last week. Uh, I'm, don't, don't, don't worry too much. Uh, I hope that you're comfortable enough for a few more moments. Is that okay? But I do have good news for you. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. I've got good news for you. A king is born. And his kingdom has begun. Jesus of Nazareth burst onto the scene in Galilee and made this announcement. He said that the time is here. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's within reach, just like my daughter's coffee cup in my hand. It's within my reach. Repent and believe. Come on, say that happily. Repent and believe. I know that somewhere in the last few decades, the word repent has almost had a a required connotation of a scowled face. Repent. And you've got to be a sour-faced meanie to use the word repent. But I'm going to tell you right now, here's a heads up uh, one more time. I'll say it again in a minute because it's in my notes. Nobody ever repented and then felt bad about it later. Not one person has ever repented and regretted it. Regret never follows repentance. You know what follows repentance? Rejoicing. All right. I just like to, I like to figure out how much work I have to do before we get going. And if you're happy and agree with me right away, I can let you out earlier. (laughs) Jesus burst onto the scene saying, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the gospel of God. Believe in the gospel. Now, this meant something to his audience. It was something that they were expecting. Now, fortunately or unfortunately, they had been expecting it for generations There had been been the belief, the hope, the confidence that someday something would happen. And and, and, and you have to believe that there were some people that had begun to give up. But I want to tell you that, that God will always meet us at the place of our expectation. So I want to tell you to keep your expectations hot. Keep them alive. Keep them warm. Keep them ready. What What did it mean when Jesus said this, the kingdom of God is at hand. It meant something to his audience. It meant something to him. And it was what it, its meaning was informed by Old Testament prophecy. The meaning was informed by Old Testament prophecy, primarily the prophet Isaiah. Lots of Old Testament prophets spoke about Messiah, spoke about the Messianic kingdom to come. I, Isaiah is probably the most oft quoted prophet that helped inform these expectations. So what we're, what we're trying to do is Christmas season is simply look at what did Isaiah tell us to expect about the kingdom? What can we learn from Isaiah about this kingdom so that we can rejoice that not only a king has been born, but his kingdom has begun? Now, this was supposed to be a five-part series. Ha, ha, ha. It's now four. Hopefully, you, who knows what will happen in the coming weeks. Two weeks ago, we talked about that this is a kingdom of light, meaning that there's light that has burst into the darkness. Hope has, 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 has poured out onto the scene. Light has to do with hope, has to do with deliverance, has to do with the very presence of God. Today, 
we will look further at Isaiah chapter 9. We're looking at just 1 through 7, Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Again, last week we talked about it being a kingdom of light. Everybody say, Jesus is the light. Yet in thy dark street shineth the, the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. A king is born. Now remember, it's important that we emphasize Jesus' message when he came, to, came into Galilee, when he came preaching, was not, hey, guess what? Hang on a little while longer. It's almost here. He didn't come as a bookmark to say, hey, remember, keep your hopes up. Hang on. But he certainly didn't say, hey, the kingdom of God, it will be present after you die. He came saying that his kingdom had begun. Now, there's more to come. Everybody say there's more to come. There's more to come. There's more to this life than this life. But there's more to this life than what we have settled for. See, the, the real danger for us as believers, as Christians, especially in North America, around the world, but especially in North America, is not that we will deny our faith. The real danger is that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. I love this church. I love you because, you know, I, you, you, I say something like that, and then I can hear you talk to each other. Well, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. What's funnier to me is when they say, what do you say? <clears throat> Jesus said the time is now. His kingdom has begun. This is not a message just for us to remember. Nor, nor is it a message that we merely look forward to. It is a message that we respond to now. A king is born kingdom has begun. Let's look at the next thing that Isaiah has to say about this kingdom, and it's just verse 3. We'll try to do one verse, and, uh, and we'll see how far we can get. Uh, I have intentionally prepared smaller amounts of notes, so have confidence. You'll still get out in time for brunch. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 3. Here's what Isaiah says about this kingdom. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. This is a kingdom of joy. Now, Isaiah said it would be, but Jesus said the time has come. So we're not saying it, it will be a kingdom of joy. We're saying this is a kingdom of joy. Those who receive this kingdom will have reason to rejoice. Those who receive this kingdom will have reason to rejoice. I'm going to say that one more time because that this is our whole thesis this morning. Those who receive this kingdom will have reason to rejoice. Reason to rejoice. Here's what Isaiah says. You shall multiply the nation. Literally, you will bring the nation into increase. You will, you will add strength and prosperity to the people who receive this kingdom. How? In what way? You shall increase their gladness. Could you all say increase their gladness? You shall, listen, what, is that? what does increase mean? Well, it, 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 it means you shall make more of it. 
wonder what the Hebrew for increase is. More of the, that. You shall, you shall make more. You shall make greater their gladness, their, their glee, their joy. This is the second principal effect of the coming kingdom, joy. The first one was light. The second principal effect is joy. The kingdom that Jesus said is at hand, that the time is fulfilled, is a kingdom of joy. All right, we'll keep working. Isaiah says, they will be glad in your presence. Whose presence? Mm, I know, there's this church. We, there, <laughs> we don't, we don't, there's, we should hand out signs. We don't believe in rhetorical questions. Whose presence? Well, Isaiah didn't leave it us to guess. Isaiah anchored the promise of increased joy to verse 6. Okay, verse 6 says, talks to us about the birth of a son, a child who would be born king. And in the presence of this one born king, this one who in chapter 7 of Isaiah and verse 14, he's already called this one Emmanuel, God with us. It is the presence for unto us a son is given unto us, a child is born. It is, it is in the presence of this one, this king, this Emmanuel, it is in his presence that we will find increased joy. Our gladness will be increased because of his presence. This is why Psalm chapter 16 and verse 11 says, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. Hey, you know what? what's true about God's presence is there's joy there. There's joy there. There's reason to rejoice there. Reason to rejoice. I've got news for you. This king has been born, and his kingdom has begun. This kingdom of joy has already got started. There's already joy to the world. The Lord has come. Joy to the world. The Savior already reigns. He rules the world with truth and grace. No more let sin and sorrows grow. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Friends, these are tidings of comfort and joy indeed. And today... Repenting and believing results in rejoicing. Now, Isaiah says that the the people will be glad for good reason. In other words, it'll make sense to rejoice. It'll still be a choice, but it'll be a, a reasonable choice. Everybody say a reason to rejoice. I've worded it that way on purpose because Isaiah says that we're going to, he compares the joy that they have with the gladness of of harvest and when men rejoice when they divide the spoil. He says their joy will be, in other words, like people get happy for good reasons. At harvest time, people get happy because it's the fulfillment of hope. They planted in hope and now there's the response. Hope has been fulfilled. And, when, and to divide the spoil literally means is the celebration of victory. And you know what's cute about this passage? It says, and as when men rejoice when they divide the spoil. It's interesting. I, I know it's, uh, I know it's a, 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 a paternal culture and everything, but as men, let's say men rejoice. 
I know you, oftentimes, unless, in, there's, a, there's a Seahawks jersey in the back there. So unless it's at a situation like that, for men, men rejoicing gen, generally is supposed to look like, yeah. And that's, that's, about as, that's about the parameters of our rejoicing, unless there is a ball involved. And then we lose our minds. <laughs> then everybody loses their minds. <laughs> but here's this thing here. Uh, it li- this, 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 this Hebrew says, as when men rejoice, literally means as when men spin and dance with joy. I'm not doing that. So I'm way too cool. The people who receive this kingdom will rejoice because their hope has been fulfilled and their victory has been won. In other words, those who receive this kingdom, again, they will have reason to rejoice. Their joy will have evidence. It will make sense to rejoice. The prophet says that the people who receive this kingdom will rejoice because they have real hope and they have real victory. In this kingdom, joy is not an accident. It's not a mystery. It is a response to what is true. It is not a denial, as as Lauren said earlier, it's not a denial of what is factual, but it is a response to that which is true. In this kingdom, joy is a response to what is true. Listen, we are in, in this kingdom, we are given reason to rejoice, but we are not forced to rejoice. No one's going to force you to rejoice because that's not joy. <laughs> no one can force you to do that. Forced joy isn't joy. Neither is joy an accident. Joy is not some sort of drug-induced ref- euphoria. That is a disconnection from reality. But friends, joy is a is is a is directly connected to reality. It is a response to what is true. Too often our lives are driven by our mood. And we people, why do you feel that way? I don't know. I, I just do. What a I, this is not in my notes, so I maybe I shouldn't say it. But what a weak way to live. Driven by mood, not even sure why you feel a certain way. But the kingdom gives us reason to rejoice. But you still get to. It lays it out there for you. A king has been born. His kingdom has begun. Your hope is fulfilled. The victory is won. Here's all the buffet of reason to rejoice. You still get to decide. You still get to choose. Newsflash, friends, guess what? You actually choose every single emotion you have. Based on whatever evidence you see in front of you, real or imagined, you've made a choice. But in the kingdom, we're invited to make a choice that is based on truth, on victory, on something eternal. A king has been born. If you look at, if you look at the miracle of Christmas, at the hope, at the victory, and at this king, if you look at this king and his kingdom, and then you shrug your shoulders and walk away without caring, then that just shows that you just don't believe what you have seen. 
You don't believe the evidence in front of you. Or you might acknowledge it as, you might acknowledge it as true, but you just you haven't repented and responded to it. Because, friends, if you believe this message, and if you'll repent, you will rejoice. In the kingdom, we can and we should rejoice. Even the presence of bad news or bad people does not eclipse and cannot eclipse our reason to rejoice. And we're almost done. Give me three more minutes and we'll wrap this up. That's a fib. Five more minutes. We'll wrap this up. We said those who, those, we said those who receive this kingdom have reason to rejoice. But we started with reason to rejoice. The gospel gives us truth. It gives us hope. It gives us victory and gives us reason to rejoice. But we must receive this kingdom. How do we do that? Jesus said, repent and believe. Come on, say it. Everybody say it with me. Repent and believe. Again, no one who has ever repented has regretted it. It always leads to joy. But Jesus placed the handles of repentance and faith on the doors of the kingdom. He didn't, he didn't give us a list of things to repent from. And that's probably wise because then we would just avoid those things. Because he knows that it, there, is, there is in the heart of, of, of people a knowing, a conscience that says this is not right. We rebel against our conscience. We argue against it. We excuse it. But we know. But to repent is to surrender to your creator that he might be your redeemer. If we dissuade people from repentance, we prevent them from the kingdom. If we refuse to repent, we remain in our own kingdom, not his. But anyone who will repent and believe can enter the kingdom. And all who enter will find reason to rejoice. Because Hope is fulfilled. The victory is won. Sin is forgiven. Death is defeated. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. Every promise of God is yes in Jesus Christ. A king is born. His kingdom has begun. And the king is coming again. Friends, knowing and believing the gospel leads to increased joy. It leads to fullness of joy. In John chapter 15, in verse 10, 11, Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be made full. It, 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 knowing and obeying the gospel leads to the fullness of joy and to glorious joy. Here's what Peter wrote. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you, you greatly rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. And it leads to remaining joy, joy that remains regardless of circumstance. This is why the apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I will say, rejoice. Why? Because in this kingdom, those who receive this kingdom are given reason to rejoice. A king is born, his kingdom has begun. 
repent and believe and rejoice. Let me ask you to stand together as we close. Reason to rejoice. Not forced, not euphoria, but based upon what is true. We will, you, Lord, you will increase our gladness when we see what is true. When we repent, when we turn away from the garbage of our life and we believe. We believe what Jesus Christ has done. We believe that he is king, that his kingdom has come, that he is reigning now and he will reign forevermore. Lord, you give us reason to rejoice. I pray for each person here this morning. Lord, as we have prayed over every need that we have sensed in front of us, as we've called people to confess Christ, as we have, as we have addressed uh, and prayed over concerns and compassion, Lord, I pray that today we would, we would be sent from this place with our eyes fixed on the truth. A king is born. Would you say it with me? A king is born. That our eyes be fixed on this truth. Lord, let us make a decision to rejoice. To rejoice greatly. To rejoice gloriously. To rejoice consistently because of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, I pray over this house. If you'd like to lift your hands, let me just pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, may the anointing of your Holy Spirit come upon these people, your church. May a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit come upon them and may they leave this place being the ever-increasing expression of Christ in their world. And Lord, may they do so today in particular, rejoicing. May the sign of your kingdom be upon your people as they rejoice in the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and believe these things. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right. Bless one another. Say something kind and encouraging and smile big on your way out.